Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Cheaters, welcome to the Always Dream Podcast. It's Labor Day here in the United States. We're coming to you one day late. I was at Legoland. Brandon, you were celebrating your birthday. Let me be the first to say, Brandon, how are you? And happy birthday. Yeah, I, as I was telling our friend Gavin Doyle on Twitter, I'm one year closer to cashing in that tontine I started with the uh, the flying hellfish. So um, it, now getting older is not necessarily a bad thing. It, yeah. It's a good thing. I'm wiser. Mm-hmm. And uh, am I wiser in FPL? I think yeah. so, a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Well, it was your 24th birthday, and so I'm glad you were able to get out there and, <laughs> and have some fun, mix it up a little bit. We started this podcast, I think, when you were 16 years old. So it's nice. Yeah. Your voice has been yeah. exactly this deep the entire time. There is a law in the United States. I mean, this is why we've considered taking this podcast to foreign lands, because mm-hmm. you must be 16 in the U.S. to start yeah. your own podcast. That's <laughs> a, a f- yeah. federal uh, communications commission law that, that's now on place. I think we're going to start recording in international waters soon enough. I think we, we, we may have to. Um, For my birthday, yeah, though, Josh, yeah. I was telling you, uh, my wife took me to a like proper sushi omakase, and I want this episode to be FPL omakase. Like, pull mm-hmm. up to the bar. Mm-hmm. Josh and I are going to slice up some raw FPL takes for you, <laughs> and they're going to go down buttery smooth. You're yeah. going to be nourished and ready for game week four. So game week four kicks off this this upcoming Saturday. And speaking of takes, that's kind of the theme of this week's pod, which is uh, we're opening up the mailbag, Brandon. It's a mail. It's kind of perfect for international break. I think we did last week's pod where we basically caught you up on everything that's happened in the Premier League for the first three weeks. We talked a lot about wild cards and a lot about Ronaldo. So, you know. We're going to talk about Ronaldo some more. There's kind of no avoiding it, but (laughs) I put it in a special Ronaldo box that we can sort of cover and then move on to other topics. There's a lot of things like, for example, Brendan, the Champions League kicks off a week from tomorrow. Uh No one has talked about that at all. (laughs) And there's been some pretty serious implications for for fantasy. So we're going to talk about. Are we going to have a Ronaldo uh, yeah. breakout session in this podcast? It's pretty. We're going to do breakout rooms, <laughs> uh, exactly. So whoever wants to do that can go to, can go join that breakout room and talk there. Uh, from now on, we're going to do every pod on Zoom, Brandon, so that everybody can join. <laughs> they can participate in what they want to. Um, so yeah, basically, we're going to answer a bunch of different questions. Look at game week four. Look at players that you might want to have in a wild card. Uh, talk about what's changed over the last week because um, a lot actually has uh, more than I was expecting. Uh, of course, we thought there'd be some craziness, but I would say this is one of the more unusual international breaks that I can remember uh, really capped off with. There's actually like three days left to go too, but yeah. yesterday was really a, um, it was a farce. Wasn't it? The, uh, yeah. The Argentina and Brazil really uh, took the cake. They win the prize for um, wildest moment of the break so far. We also <laughs> had to talk so. a little bit about Lukaku's thighs. Yeah. yeah. And there was scans a match that are happening there. There was also a match that was canceled because of a coup d'etat. So I think that one <laughs> has to that, go. Yeah. That one has to go up there as well. Yeah, uh, yeah. Coups, 
COVID and what's the third C? The third C. Uh, yeah, well, we'll, we'll come up with it at some yeah. point during this yeah, pod. Well, <laughs> okay. Yeah, that, that'll be the theme of this week's pod. Find that third C to, uh, to finish that alliteration. Um, so it's mailbag time. We're going to jump right into it without too much preamble here. The one thing I did want to do, though, is I wanted to shout out the Always Treating Super League because we have not somehow, I think just because we've been, we're just out of, you know, we're out of form at the start of the season. We have not been shouting out the top 10 in the OSG and Super League. So I just want to quickly do that, uh, partially because the people at the top of the OSG and Super League are doing unusually well, Brandon. <laughs> I, yeah. I, it's pretty, it's pretty cool. The number one manager, uh, and I guess I'll just, maybe I'll just do this in reverse order this time, which we don't, would normally do, is, is Ryan Quinn, who is ranked sixth overall. So astounding pretty, really pretty, is pretty uh, yeah. remarkable british manager let's see let's let's look at ryan's uh history in playing the game his highest finish uh after playing since 2013 is seven seventy six 76k overall in the 2016 season so to be sixth overall in the world right now it's got to be yeah. a pretty good feeling i think so too this is like there's been some talk about like oh I, I, I t- believe me, if anybody listening to this podcast was ever as high as sixth overall, like that, that's like, I would like get that. I don't even know, like printed and framed on my wall, my, my, my rank, like, like the New York Josh, times bestseller list. Basically. Yeah. Here, Josh Landon game week three ranked yeah. sixth overall. So uh, congrats to Ryan. And I'm just going to read off the rest of the top 10 here too, Brandon. I'll, I'll do it this time. I'm just going to go one to one to nine. Okay. Uh, four-way tie for ninth. In first is Ryan Quinn. In second, Kevin Douglas. In third, Stephen Amchiri. In fourth, Sean McGarry. In fifth, Mustafa Ghali, or Jali, perhaps. Uh, in sixth is Mohamed Diz. Uh, in seventh is nice. uh, Desmond Brady. And uh, also in seventh is Tor Booksap. Uh, and, and then we have this four-way tie for ninth, which is Rishi Kumar, Stefan Larson, Nathan Carr, and Aaron Georgeson. So congrats to everybody in the Always Cheating Top 10. And a reminder, the winner of that league is going to get a 1,000 pounds courtesy of our friends at Fantasy Football Hub. So if you have not joined Fantasy Football Hub yet, you better go on and do so ASAP. Talk more about them later. But Josh, that's not the only league around. We also have the uh, the Patreon league mm-hmm. for our Patreon supporters. And in, at the end of Game Week 3, we celebrated our first ever Dean's List Manager of the Month for our Patreons. This is just a quick reminder. If you want to support the Always Cheating Pod, what Josh and I do week in, week out, and get some more FPL content in return, Go to patreon.com slash always cheating where you can join that league, become eligible for our manager of the month awards where you can get a custom always cheating t-shirt, access to our Slack chat, of course, an extra podcast every week that's hitting usually Thursday night, Friday morning, very close to the game week deadline where you can review newsletters courtesy of mini league mates, so much other fun stuff. Uh, So please do go to patreon.com slash always cheating to check that out. Josh, thank, thanks to you should say thank you to our new patreon supporters i will say thank you thank you for the suggestion and i will take you up on that offer uh we have a number of new patreon supporters this week thank you to grudal glenn levy glenn sent us a very nice note too nice to meet glenn pat nice to meet everybody of course uh patrick uh fiantan ferris dave ling jed Shearer, and ryan quinn wow brandon hit the top 10 overall and support us on patreon i like that as a as a deal that we that we've struck tacitly with with our <laughs> listeners, so uh, thank you again. And uh, by the way, if you've gotten one of these uh, always cheating T-shirts, please uh, take a photo of it. I want to see it out in the wild. We've sent out about 
it feels like about 75 of these so far. Yeah. So let's, uh, let, let, let's see some Always Cheating t-shirts uh, out there in the wild. You can actually go and get those at the Always Cheating shop, too, if you want to just uh, buy them as a one-off. All right, Brad, let's take a quick break. That was a very short intro, very short by our standards. Take a break and get right into that mailbag. All right, Brian, we're back. Today's topic is an FPL mailbag, your FPL fantasy questions answered. I'll start things off here, Brian, with a, with a nice, this is like mm-hmm. a, like a, like a tea ball, right? I'm going to put this one right in a tea for you. Okay. Uh, this comes from Ian and he says, you are tasked with making a movie about this international break. What genre of film do you make? What story stories do you tell? Who plays a lead role? Yeah. Who does play a lead role? I was thinking about this before we started, and I thought sometimes the best books and movies, you actually have to tell the story from the perspective of maybe one of the lesser interesting characters, like Nick Carraway and The Great Gatsby. Uh, You're not telling the story from Jay Gatsby's point of view. No, No, it's Nick Carraway. Who is the Nick Carraway of this international break? And I think it might be Emmy Martinez. Uh, as he stands in goal <laughs> and, he, and he watches the Brazilian health officials uh, storm the pitch. And, uh, you know, because we're Americans, Josh, and, and you know, Hollywood is here. Mm-hmm. I can't resist Americanizing this Argentinian story. And I want yep. uh, John Bernthal uh, yeah, from Walking the Dead, yeah, the sure, Punisher. Yeah. Mm-hmm, He's yeah. got like a Emmy Martinez flavor, I think. So that's my <laughs> <Does> pitch. <he? laughs> Oh, I'm gonna, uh, you know what? I shouldn't be critical. This is a, this is a, this is blue sky brand. we're just throwing things out there. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I like it. I, I think it has a little more Monty Python to it. You know, that's the sort of the okay. vibe I'm getting a lot of, mm-hmm. a lot of absurdities. So John of, Cleese plays Emmy Martinez. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I think so. I think John <laughs> Cleese is a better, is a better Emmy Martinez. And he's tall too, you know, so I think it makes some sense there. Um, yeah, just a, just a really weird one. And I, you know, I mean, I, I don't want to talk too much about Ronaldo, but I think honestly the 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 biggest piece of news, which which was not, um, it was sort of frustrating because we did this pilot last week where we talked a lot about wild carding, and I, I have still not wild carded, nor nor have you. I don't believe, right? No. Yep. So the and one of the rationales that I had was basically. I love how you said that. Like uh, we we haven't really talked about this. You wouldn't. Well, have. it's possible. <laughs> you know, I don't know. Sometimes sometimes I don't know about you. You know, you come up with very strong opinions and then you like do a one eighty like three days sure. later. So yep. yeah, yeah, I'm two faced. Yeah, <laughs> just, just sometimes, uh, not usually. Um, but I, uh, you know, we sort of, one of the rationales for not wild carding was. Ronaldo is going for this international goal record. They have World Cup qualifiers, these really important matches. The second World Cup qualifier is on Wednesday. He hasn't even rejoined the team yet. There's a chance he's going to have to quarantine. Um, and therefore, Bruno is probably the safer pick. What ends up happening is Ronaldo breaks the goal scoring record on the first match. No problem. Uh, yep. And then gets a yellow card at the end of that match as he scores his second goal to really solidify that goal record. And Kisman gets chalked off later, you know. Uh, and so because of that, he's going to have to miss the second World Cup qualifier the following week. If he's going to miss that, why stay around for the friendly over the weekend? So he kind of immediately goes back to the UK, does have to do some kind of quarantine, but it looks like he's going to rejoin at the very least. Um, maybe a day before everybody else joins. So he's going to actually have a little extra time. And to make things even more annoying, Bruno now probably ends up having to play a lot more minutes than he would have had otherwise. He yeah. came on as a sub late uh, uh, on the weekend. He did, he did, he did score a penalty goal. Uh, something like the last penalty he's ever going to score for, for anybody. <laughs> um, guy came on late and then presumably he's going to play like the full 90 minutes for Portugal's World Cup qualifier in a couple of days. Um, so now we're just in a really tricky spot where... 
suddenly Ronaldo does kind of feel like the better the better option. So I, I guess I have to just move right into the Ronaldo section here, Brandon. We only, I, I've only pulled out two questions because if you want 30 minutes of Ronaldo talk, again, I refer you to last week. I referred to you all fantasy commentary everywhere in the world. Okay. I'm not like, there's just so much out there right now. So much Ronaldo commentary. I don't want to add too much to it. We are the only podcast who uh, dubbed him the points goblin though, Josh. He's a selfish I, points goblin. I, I that, feel like, I feel like that one's going to pick up steam as the season. It goes. should. I know. I saw it a couple, I started to make it a little headway. It's not, we're not a full on bus team level of, of headway, <laughs> but you know, let's, let's give it some time. Um, so two questions here, Brandon, I'm going to take them both together. Yeah. Uh, Boston prof says, are we getting too carried away by all the Ronaldo hype? He's human, right? There are great forwards returning down 8 million. Shouldn't we just wait and see how he does? Uh, and then Dave, uh, says if you own both Ronaldo and Lukaku, which one would you captain in game week four? So mm-hmm. taking the, the Boston prof question first, are we getting too carried away by the Ronaldo hype? Well, Boston Prof sort of gives it away here when he says he's human, right? And right. I mean, yeah, by uh, by 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 science, he is uh, humanoid. But right. I think in footballing terms, that's the whole thing: is he's not human. He's yeah. a bit inhuman. And uh, yeah. I, I mean, I think fan, fantasy managers and football fans generally can get into trouble and, and basically saying. I mean, a Ronaldo is above the law, which he right. shouldn't be. But also, his his yeah. uh, ability to score goals is is you know he now holds the record in yeah. international matches, so it's it's unrivaled at this yeah. point. So uh, I I don't think that the hype is at all unjustified, and I, I don't think that that really needs to be be stressed more than I have there. The only question for me really does get to uh, Dave's follow-up question of if you owned Ronaldo and Lukaku, who would you captain? Because um, I I do put some faith in the argument that we already – we have some mid-priced strikers who are really showing consistency from Calvert-Lewin to Antonio notably. And I – but but one thing we come back to with, you know, talking about – why is a player like Mo Salah or Bruno Fernandes a must going into game week one? Well, it's because of their consistency. And you're trying to battle the odds in a game like fantasy. And you're, you want to have players in your team who just have better odds, frankly, who are going to have more opportunities than other players to get more points. And I think it's very clear that Ronaldo... He is the one who will be getting all of the opportunities. Now, you, he'll be demanding those opportunities, which will help. But yep. this is just how the fantasy game is played. You want those players, regardless of how much they cost, the, who are going to get the most opportunities to score. So yep. um, by that logic, Ronaldo, even though we haven't seen him play a minute in the Premier League uh, in like a decade, um, still probably has better odds than the likes of Antonio and DCL to get FPL points in the coming weeks. Yeah. I mean, I'm kind of with you there. I mean, I think that a lot of the arguments against Ronaldo are real life arguments and not fantasy arguments, right? Like it's, 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 it's a little bit like Mo Salah where Mo Salah is, is an undroppable fantasy asset. It kind of has been for three and a half seasons now, right? Like it, it, however long he's been in the Premier League now, I think this is his fourth season where you just sort of, you can't go without it because even when he has a terrible match, he picks up fantasy points. He could do nothing for 87 minutes and, and square pen. And so, you know, Ronaldo is kind of the same way where he's just going to be on. I mean, like you said, he's just, he's, he's kind of a, 
he's a robot and and that's just going to lead to ro- like a, a really like consistent fantasy returns i think yeah this is, and this is our pr- prediction it seems based in a reality that we all live in but um uh, i i see people in fantasy in the fantasy community who just they're resistant to the hype and they're resistant to this idea that there's really only one path forward and that's having Ronaldo. And, you know, I, I do fear coming out of another episode of always cheating where we just say, you have to have this guy. Like I do believe there are are other ways to set up your team going into game week four that don't involve Ronaldo. And a good chance. Neither of us, neither of us have him. Yeah. And the way I'm looking at my squad right now is I will have Lukaku over Ronaldo. And we can talk more about that in a moment, but I just think it, um, what we're getting at here with the Ronaldo talk is it, it, you can't, if if you're resistant to the Ronaldo hype, you you can't just flip it completely uh, in the other direction and say, well, the hype is is unjustified. Or if you have Ronaldo, you're playing the game wrong. Right. So it, it's um, just let there be some gray areas here, but sure. also accept the fact that Ronaldo yeah. is an elite, elite talent, well, and he will change the fantasy season. This is, I mean, this is something that I said, um, when, like when it first became clear that he was going to join. My, my feeling was, I, I don't, I like, I don't know. I mean, like, if you just get caught up in like the personal stuff and in the like very credible allegations, and you're just like, I just can't have this guy on my team, then I, I, I get that. And I, you know, I mean, we, I don't, I don't want to, I mean, there's a lot of places where you can get like very nuanced commentary about this. I'm not going to do that here. So I, I do get that. Like if that's, if that's a feeling, but if it's just, if the feeling is just like, I don't buy the hype, I, I want to go without him. That's fine for me. I don't want to spend the entire season battling him like in my head, be like battling all the people who are going to bring him in battling all, you know, I just think that there's a really good chance that he's going to be extremely consistent fantasy wise. I just don't want to, I just don't want to bother being mad about it. I don't want to like, I don't want to fight it. Like that, that does not sound like a make fantasy fun again thing for me to spend the entire season finding an alternative to Ronaldo for, for, you know, not, not that, not that there aren't plenty available, but you yeah. know, and so I think my feeling is I, I don't know that I'll have Ronaldo this week or next week, but it seems inevitable to me that I will have him soon. But yeah. again, I, I totally agree that I, I don't think it's essential that you have him this week. The one thing I will say about Lukaku is he was going to get some sort of scan. Apparently, he's yeah. been carrying some thigh, minor, yeah, yeah, scan, some minor issue. It didn't sound like it was going to be that big of a deal, but it is something that uh, you should just be keeping an eye on. I, this is actually a week where, outside of listening to this podcast, which is essential for everybody, I get that. <laughs> Share it with your friends. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, I it feels like a week where you should really wait until Thursday or Friday. Take yeah. a couple of points hits on on the chin. You know, don't don't be rushed into a into a transfer if, if you're not wild carding because uh, I, I just don't really know how it's all going to shake out. I mean, like you know, so like let's say that uh, you know the way Emmy Martinez was like you know and uh, and Buendia they were supposed to play in this match and then come back and only have to miss one match for quarantine. Did they still have to quarantine when the match wasn't played? I guess they do because they traveled there. It's like a total disaster yeah. for them and for and for Villa. Um, so, but we don't really kind of know how that's all going to shake out. Do they get some kind of special exemption? Like that could still come like, who knows, right? Like this stuff, it feels like they're just making up the rules as they go along they across are. the board. Yeah. So, so it's really hard to say. I mean, I think that if Chelsea play Aston Villa and Lukaku is healthy and, and it's Jed Steer, who's, you know, who's keeping goal for, for, um, for Villa, then yeah, I think there's a really good chance that, 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 you know, that, that Lukaku is in fact the best captain pick. Uh, one one quick player that I'll throw out here for the, in the in the just because we're talking about captaincies right now, 
Mm-hmm. And actually, I'll go to a question here from the Dork Lord. He says, obviously, Lukaku, Ronaldo, and Kane are great captains. The options for this week. Uh, but who's the best option for those of us without a premium forward? Do you prefer Fernandez, Salah, Antonio, or even prefer a differential like Jota or Calvert-Lewin? I did not know until I was reading an article, one of these, like, I don't even know why I read it because, like, I hate these articles about, like, Mo Salah wants more money. And it's like the agent just plants a story in ESPN or whatever, right? Yeah. It's like Mo Salah, you know, wants 500,000 pounds a week or he's going to leave, you know, in January or whatever. And it's just like these stories get written like every four days, you know. Yeah. Uh, it's part of the, the job of the agent to plant these you know, nonsense stories. Yeah. So, but anyway, I read it, you know, like, like, like a sucker. And <laughs> the one thing I didn't notice in there was that Mo Salah is on 99 goals yeah. in his Premier League career. His next goal will be his hundredth goal of his career. And that feels like something that he's gonna be pretty excited to, to cross off. Right. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I don't know. I feel like that could become like a little more of a narrative too, uh, over the course of this week is Salah at Leeds. Listen, I get that you can make an argument. Kevin Phil, uh, Kevin Phillips is back and he is, so good that that he's going to just completely contain Liverpool and Mo Salah. I don't totally buy that argument, but he hasn't okay. helped. I think he started at least the last uh, the last match for Leeds, and yeah. by all accounts, you know, he just didn't have his best game in the midfield for Leeds. And it's going to yeah. take him a while to get back into form, and it seems like Leeds full stop just aren't in the same form that yeah. they are. This is a team that has played together basically as one starting 11 yep. since the championship. Now they're trying to bed in a few new players. You've got Daniel James coming into the mix. Um, yep. I think that they're, while, while Leeds will be fine this season, and I think we'll all have Leeds players coming through our fantasy teams, I just think this is a great time for Mo to, yep. to have a run at their defense, regardless of Calvin Phillips. I think so, too. He played uh, for Egypt, I believe it was on Sunday, um, I can't remember if he plays another match. And so, again, it's it's hard for me to really pick any of my captain options until I see who's back and who has um, trained with their team, who's healthy. It's just like yeah. a lot of a lot of stuff still to come. So, I mean, I, I don't want to like totally punt on this, but I guess if I had to pick one player, I would pick Salah, and then I would go Fernandez second, and then I would go maybe Calvert Lewin third yeah. again, he done another player who has a minor injury issue. Right. And so it's, yeah, he's got a toe issue, yeah, toe but issue. you know, uh, that's a make fantasy fun again, scenario in which Everton play home. It's the last fixture. It's a Monday fixture. It's always kind of fun going with going, at least just having a fantasy asset to work with going into the, the last day of the game week. So I like that, but yeah, if, if it's ever like sort of unclear, the, the most practical advice would be don't overthink it and just yeah. go with, go with Mo Salah. Go with what you know. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I think, I think Salah just, it just, it's just hard for me to imagine Salah coming out of that match with like two points. It just, yeah. he, he is going to get attacking returns in that match. And so, I mean, you know, okay, let's say again, maybe I don't know exactly who I want to pick for my captain yet, but let's say I do go with, with Mo Salah. And if I feel extremely confident that at least one attacking return is coming his way, does that dissuade me from taking a minus four for someone like Ronaldo? Like right, right now for me, like, you know, let's say Bruno doesn't come back until Thursday and plays, you know, 90 minutes for her Portugal in midweek. It's going to be a little worrisome. And, you know, man, you had to play a champions league match a couple days after that as well. So it makes me, you know, so it'd be very easy for me to just to go just kind of wash my hands of the whole situation. Just, I only have one, I only have one free transfer this week, but you know, I, but just burn a minus four, yeah. go Bruno to one of Ferran Torres or Diego Jota, and then just go Ings to Ronaldo and just boom, I'm done. 
Like that's it. You know, it'd be that yeah. it's that easy. So yeah. in some ways, that's just sort of sitting there as like a really easy option if I if I want to go that route. But if if you're talking about okay, it's a, it's a great fixture, Manchester United home hosting Newcastle. But if Bruno is exhausted, if he's played a lot of minutes for Portugal, if he's late getting back to team training, I mean, Oli will Oli loves running Bruno into the ground. Uh, you know, he might still start. But what if he doesn't start? This is something that so uh, Mark Nez on the <laughs> FPL Black Box pod we're talking about. Like, who's who is going to then be responsible for getting the ball to Ronaldo? Ronaldo is not at the point in his career where he collects the ball at some point right. in the final third and fashions his own shot. No, people deliver the ball sure. uh, to him. It's Fred, man. Into the, it's Fred. all Fred. I mean, you know, it. It. it Pog, Pogba is, of course, elite at at um, passing behind defenses, and you, then. Then you put yourself in a position where you're relying on, is it going to be good Paul Pogba or a want away Paul Pogba? Or right. I wish I was playing Fortnite Paul Pogba uh, <laughs> right. in that in that match. So I you think know, you'll get Pogba in his best behavior if it's Ronaldo's first match. I still think there's at least a chance that he doesn't that Ronaldo doesn't start this first match. We, we saw with uh, Messi, his first uh, appearance for PSG was off the bench. And yep. You know, there's a certain uh, ceremony to that. Like, bring the player off the bench. The crowd are just primed and ready for that. They probably yeah. had, like, an entire half to be chanting this player's name to get yep. them onto the pitch. And then there's just a huge ovation, and it's it's very ceremonial. So, like, yep. But it, it's... it's it's not I like it's just, the Manchester Derby, right? Like, they, they could yeah. probably beat Newcastle with, with their... With the players that they that they have, uh, yeah. you know, that without Ronaldo, so I, yeah, I think you can get away with it. I still think I might get him though. So I I feel like that sounds a little wishy washy, but that's that's where I am right now. I really think I need three more days to to sort out my my premium player thoughts. And so let's let's get let's get past the Ronaldo stuff. Okay, we got <laughs> we could just go on about about because like, it it impacts everything else too, right? It impacts yeah. you know all your all your transfers and all your all your captain thoughts and all that stuff. Um, so next question comes from FPL Prince. Okay. We're going to do a little, uh, a little, uh, sea change here, Brennan. Are you ready? Hold no. on to your, uh, hold on to yourself on the, on the starboard side there. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, FPL Prince says, can you rank the best mid priced midfielders? And then he clarifies 5.5 to 8 million. Yeah. Well, okay, and so I've, we've we've got players to note here. You've got Mason Greenwood, Jack Grealish, Diogo Jota, Ferran Torres, Mason Mount. I Saeed Benrama has got to be on this sure, list, and sure. I think everyone is having this uh, moment with West Ham where it, it's 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 a it's a kind of a conservative management style where. I, there must be a game show where the, it's, it's like deal or no deal, where you've got the money in hand. Is the money in hand worth more than the possibility of more money? Yep. Um, so it's like, do you hold Antonio and Ben Rama with the idea of getting more points for them? Or do you, do you dump them to bring in the likes of Ferran Torres or Diego Jota? Because, you know, we, it, it's yep. a miracle that we've got this many points from these West Ham attackers as it is. But yeah. I just think Ben Rama is so cheap uh, for a guy who is basically playing in a two almost with yeah. uh, Mikel Antonio. So I think he has to be uh, in this discussion. And 
I think I talked about this last week is it's when you get into this mid-tier price bracket, it becomes a tricky conversation where at some point you find yourself having this conversation of, I think so-and-so is a better player. Yep. Um, but it can still be true that another person is the better FPL asset just because of price. Yep. And that's just a function of the fantasy game where sometimes you don't go with the, who you believe is the better footballer. Because a t- the function of a price point in your fantasy team, which allows you to get another player in this part of your fantasy team, et cetera, et cetera, it almost makes them by virtue a better footballer for your fantasy team. So I think that's where players like Ben Rama come in. And um, I mean, if you if you're on wild card yeah, yeah. right now, Josh, is it Ben Rama or is it Rafinha? Because West Ham had their great run to start the season, and now Leeds are about to, after game week four, enter this insane run of really yeah. good fixtures. I mean, this to me is is why I kind of like the idea of a game week five wild card more than more than game week four, because a lot of the players that I have, I kind of want for one more match. You know, I really I, I've got three West Ham players. They play away to Southampton. If Ben Rama doesn't quite deliver in that match, uh, they, their their run gets quite a bit worse after game yeah. four. So then I can kind of move on from him. Right? I've got Aaron Cresswell. I, I don't really want him long-term either. That was that was always planning to be a short-term pick. Worked out fine last week. Um, I can move on from him. Uh, Luke Shaw, I don't want him long-term either, but he's got Newcastle at home. Then I can move on. So it's like you sort of go all across the line and – you know, Mason Greenwood, I want to see how he fits in with everybody too. Maybe I move on from him as well. Ivan Tony has a pretty good fixture in game week four. So it's sort of, it feels again, this is, this is a, you know, when you think about wild carding, you have to look at, it's not just about who you can get, but you have to look at what you're giving up to do it. And yeah. I feel like I'm Ivan Tony right is uh, a, a I'll, I'll step on you there, but Ivan Tony is a funny one because he's got a pretty good fixture and also we're, we have so much anxiety building up around the international break and all these players who have traveled. I'm Tony. Uh, I don't think he's traveled anywhere. Like uh, he's just been chilling yep. uh, in West London um, and, and he'll be fresh and he'll be ready. And the, uh, you know, always the game week returning from an international break can be harder to predict because uh, these clubs just are, are dealing with some unknown factors yep. and a club like Brentford, They've just, you know, been training per usual. They've had a week's rest, and yeah. they'll be they'll be ready for game week four. Except uh, Pinnock, who uh, played for Jamaica. I did not. I was not expecting uh, that. The elite Jamaican squad with Mikel Antonio up front is just like Pinnock trying to uh, find <laughs> find Antonio <laughs> at the back post, basically. Yeah, the entire match. I'm sure. Was it? Was it? It is Pinnock, right? Now, now I feel like I have to like. Okay, this is like I hate to do this on the pod, Brian. I'm going to try to do this as fast as, as humanly possible. Okay? Oh, do it! And and, and yeah. while you're doing that, I was just actually googling Ivan Tony just to to clarify. <laughs> did, did he actually report to some other far flung nation yeah. um, that wasn't England? And and nope, nope. We've we've got that right. There's Ivan Tony thing, was you know, staying at home. There's one thing I love about this podcast, Brian. It's how it's how professional we are. Ethan Pinnock did play. For Jamaica. All right. He lined up at center back for Jamaica. So I was correct on that front. I put in Pinnock Jamaica and there was literally like nothing, nothing came up. It's like the first time I ever Googled something, there were no search results. So I don't know. I don't know what, what I did wrong there. Incredible. They should, that you should get like confetti from Google. You are the first person to search <laughs> for that particular series of characters. You should get an award. So, uh, the, yeah. So I, I, okay. If I had to rank the, the, I'm just going to do it, Brad. I'm just going to throw out my ranking here. Okay. Right. And, right. um, 
anytime you rank something, right? This is this is what I mean. It, the internet was was built for rankings. I I personally I know that people um, roll their eyes at rankings. I, I actually, feel like I'm podcasting with Bill Simmons right now. <laughs> But I actually kind of love them. Like when Vulture, there's this uh, New York Magazine has this kind of spin-off called Vulture, and they'll, they'll rank like every Rolling Stones song ever, like ever you know committed to an album or whatever. It's like you know 373 songs ranked. I'll read every single one. I'll just go <laughs> bottom to top. I love it. I'll do that. You know the best Martin Scorsese movies. Yes, I want to read a little sure. potted description of each yeah, one. Yeah, the as best I sketches, and I think you should leave both seasons one and two. Rank <laughs> yeah, exactly. them all. I, I'd love to kill 25 minutes that way. So anyway, if I were to rank these, and let's say uh, I'm looking at them through a uh, a four week window. Okay, I don't I don't sure. like to look longer than four weeks ahead for, for any move ever, because I think um, it's just I mean, outside of like a goalkeeper, I guess, because uh, it's just it's just pointless. Um, things just change too much. Players get injured too frequently. Fixtures change too rapidly. And at this price point, you're just not usually holding on to people too long. So I will go. Whew, this is tough. Okay, I'm going to go Greenwood first. I'm still a believer in Mason Greenwood. I think that the arrival of Ronaldo is actually going to. Um, help Greenwood, help Greenwood. Um, it's going to actually open up more opportunities for him. He's a brilliant finisher. We talked last week about, I still think his his spot is very safe because you can just move him to so many different spots. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if you play Ronaldo as a, a, you know, as a forward, you can play him on the left or the right, mm-hmm. most likely on the right, I would imagine. Um, I, I don't think you can play him as a number 10, you know, but I don't know. He, he passes reasonably well. Maybe, maybe he could do it, Brandon. I, I have faith in Mason Greenwood's ability to be okay. a number 10. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know. I like him on the right, certainly, because he does like to do that iron robin cut in and lash yeah. it with his left foot. And yeah. it's just what's going to be interesting is um, I, I, I think Greenwood, just in the way he strikes the ball, uh, is reminiscent of Ronaldo, just like sheer ferocity and yeah. that like power. The The technique is um, a uh, slightly more power than it is uh, finesse. And it's like, okay, you've got Ronaldo on the left and Greenwood on the right. And I mean, if you're the goalkeeper, it's like, where are your pampers? Fire, fire and ice, man. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So I I think that's going to be, I think that's going to be a great combination. Uh, I I just really thought how impossible it is to actually rank all these as they go here. I'm going to go Jota second, Uh, mostly because uh, I think the, it does seem like he's kind of won that spot over Firmino. I know that Firmino did start that. Maybe, maybe, maybe Firmino still starts the hardest matches, but it, it seems pretty clear at this point that that Firmino is is a little more. He's, he's kind of second place. And it's you over, to, Firmino. It's done, Bobby. It's, it's so it's, long. It's sad. And then he got injured. Came on the what is it like the forty first minute of that match uh, versus Chelsea. So um, yeah, and they and they, I think they need him. I think they need his goals, honestly. So yeah. I'll put I'll put Joe to second. Uh, I just kind of trust. I mean, he's a seven, he's a 7.5 million Liverpool forward. Basically he's classified as a midfielder that that's, that really has to be taken, taken seriously. Yeah. You put that one down to what I was saying earlier about, uh, what is the value of that price point in your fantasy squad? And that just ratchets Diogo Jota's value, uh, up more and more and more and more. So, okay. So who's after Jota for you? Who's, who's third most desirable after Jota? I am going to go with Rafinha. I know that seems like a slightly unusual pick, maybe, but um, and, and they're and they're obviously their game week four match is not great. They play Liverpool at home. I think it's okay, but he did he didn't travel uh, mm-hmm. for for Brazil. And after you get past that Liverpool match, they play Newcastle, West Ham, Watford, Southampton. Just incredible run of matches for a player who's only six point five million who is 
super attacking, super threatening, has probably been a little unlucky. I don't know if you watched the highlights or watched any of the any of the leads. Yeah, he's looked good. There was this really interesting article uh, with him talking about in the Players Tribune. I think it was talking about growing up in Brazil and playing um, on the streets of Brazil and how he it was basically pretty regular for him to get death threats like these particular like neighborhood street ball leagues in which young kids are playing for talent scouts to try and get some sort of low level professional contract. So for a lot of these young men, it is literally life and death. It's whether you can make money or you can't make money. And, uh, sounds like the FPL podcast sphere, Brandon, you know, just, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, exactly. It's it's doggy dog out there. But, um, I, I thought it was interesting in how that then correlates to his experience in England. And he's just like the, the fans in the stands, like it's all fun to him because yeah. you know, as as much as um, racism and wanker signs are abundant in these stands, it just doesn't compete to the the level of um, abuse and and horror that he may have encountered in Brazil, and so yeah. that that it kind of uh, helps him to be mentally uh, dialed into all these games for leads that he plays in. It's just like, okay, this just makes him even more, it makes him cooler a, and it makes him uh, even more um, interesting as, Oh, this guy could just like explode at any moment uh, for leads. He's so fun to watch. He's just, he's, I'm just a huge fan. And so I, I think one of the reasons I like the idea of a game week five wildcard is I feel like I get one more week to, to assess, I mean, I, I know I just said this, but I'm going to repeat it very quickly, which is that I get one more week to assess Ben Rama. And if a, it feels like he's maybe surplus to requirements fantasy wise, then I think that's a really easy move. Pretty much the same price point. I mean, if you got Ben Rama at 6 million, he's already up to 6.4. So you can move him from, uh, to Rafinha for only 0.3 million. It's a pretty, pretty easy move for, for most managers to make. So, uh, for three and four, I'm going to take them together and it's Grealish. This is four and five, Josh, because you've already done Greenwood to Jota to Rafinha. Now we're at four and five. All right. I'm going to take Grealish and Torres together. I am going to, this is a cop out. Come on. Okay, fine. All right. Torres, I'm going to put Ferran Torres there. I know that, that Foden is coming back. I know that, uh, KDB has come back, although that shouldn't really affect Torres too much. Um, but it seems like he's going to get a chance. He's going to get a chance to be the starting forward for Man United. I, I, I think, I don't know. He's, he started, he started what, three consecutive matches for them now? Or is it two, is it two out of three? That does, you know, that, that is a little worrisome to be honest. Uh, <laughs> I mean, but this is, this is just the problem. This is, but on, on a wild card, I think it's fine because you just have to know going in that you are, like, I don't think I would waste a regular transfer on. I think I would, like, I was talking about how I might be able to bring in Ronaldo with two, with on like a minus four. Yeah. I think I would still opt for Jota over Torres in a situation like that because I have no bench depth. And so for me, Jota just feels like the safer option. Yeah. If you're on a wild card and you can bring in a couple of 4.5 million defenders or if 4 million Brandon Williams or whatever to, to, to put on your bench, then I think it's okay to take a little more of a chance in Ferran Torres. And I just think that, even with the rotation worries that that are that are surely there, um, if he you know if he continues to deliver, then he's going to be starting like five out of six or four out of five or something like that. And and you know I mean that's just 
a little rotation risk is okay at that point because you're talking you're talking about again it's like Jota a seven million forward for Manchester City is an incredible rarity in fantasy that is just not not something we've ever really had before so um, yeah I think that I, I, that just puts him a little above Grealish because I just think that even though Grealish might get more starts I don't see him getting those kind of explosive returns. Yeah, I completely agree. I, I, the, yeah, the case that one would make for Grealish is that he will get more minutes, and I, he very well might. But the role that it looks like Grealish is going to be playing is going to be more of a facilitator. And we've talked about Grealish's, um, you know, relative lack of finishing ability yeah. compared to his teammates at Man City. I just like goals are going to be so important uh, for whoever you slot into yeah. this position for any team. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> goals win games, Josh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, when Ferran Torres does start, this is the argument that people make for Mares, um, why we keep coming back to Mares despite him like burning us time and time again is when he does play, when he does get minutes, there are goals there, and, and yeah, Torres. Uh, you know, he doesn't have the left foot of Mares, but when he does play, it looks like Pep's going to play him in the nine, yeah. and that is just like. This is what we love uh, in FPL is the out of position player who is out of position because they're playing farther forward than they're actually uh, labeled in the game. So he's a midfielder getting midfield points, playing in a number nine in real life where he's more likely to get those points and so on and so on and so on. So I I just get me closer to the goal, especially like the goal that Man City love to score is the tap in and who is going to be closest to that. It's true. Uh, tap it's like in. Gundo. Gonna, yeah. Gundo picked up so many on that, and 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 that kind of. And even and granted, he wasn't really playing as a false nine, but he was just kind of in that tap in spot, right? It was right. just that far forward. Um, by the way, uh, Ferran Torres actually has started the first three matches. He came off a little. He only played sixty minutes in the second match. So he's, he started the first three, which I think is is really encouraging that he's been given a, a real run out. Right? He didn't didn't get attacking returns in the first two matches, so it's a real sign of faith. I think that that he got um, that start. I just think in general that a lot of fantasy managers are just way too worried about rotation that it, it, this is like the Mason Greenwood thing has been like all summer. I've been like, like Mason Greenwood said the entire summer with OGS. He loves them. He looked great in the spring, bring in Mason Greenwood, bring in Mason Greenwood. He's at 3% ownership going into the season. What is going on here? And everyone was just like, I don't know where he fits in. I'm too worried about rotation. And it's just, this is a, just a classic problem that people fall into because especially someone like Ferran Torres in Man City, like, if he doesn't start, he's probably still going to come on. And Man City pick up a ton of goals in the final 30 minutes of every match they play, right? That's just a mm-hmm. common – police are coming to get me now because this take is too is too spicy. <laughs> it's a very here. spicy take, yeah, Josh. Yeah. All right. Let's move on to the final the final two. Um, yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'll, I'll say Ben Rama first. I think he has to give a lot of credit for how, how well he's played together with Antonio to start the season. And, uh, and yeah, he's got one, one more, one more match and, and yeah, the game week three, I thought he was a little anonymous and that's why it just, you know, that's why I guess he's not quite at the top of the list is we saw a little bit of this with him last season too, where he, he could kind of disappear a little bit. Um, and Tony was clearly the focal point of that team. And and you have other players now and I, I, you know, I'm not sure how much I, um, you know, they they did bring in, um, a a transfer. They brought in the the Vlasic brand and the heir to the the Vlasic pickle dynasty, which uh, he didn't play well at Everton, but he did play, he, he played better uh, at his next club. So I don't know, maybe, maybe he'll be a, uh, you know, maybe, maybe I don't think that really affects Ben Rama too much. But no, this is what happens. you love to see as a Ben Rama and Antonio owner is Moyes signing attacking players who can play in the doldrums of the Europa league. Yep. So, you know, we'll, 
we'll get questions in a few weeks when the Europa League starts, like, oh, what what does Europe rotation mean for my West Ham assets? Right. Now, Thursday night football is never, like, ever a good thing for, <laughs> no. for FPL. No, that's but true. It, that's a good I, point. I, th- I think a player like Vlasic coming in at least relieves us of this uh, this idea that maybe Antonio and Benarama might have to play those minutes. So, no, Vlasic will be yeah. uh, gutting it out there in Eastern Europe. All right, so I, I'll, I'll put Ben Rahman next. We talked a lot about him already, so we need to, I need to talk about why I think he's a good player. Um, but I'll end things with Mason Mount. Maybe a little unfair to put him at the bottom of this list, but uh, he just doesn't score as many goals. And I think that the really good fixtures for Mount, although this 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 Villa fixture looks increasingly appealing, um, but I think the really good fixtures for him start in game week seven. So I, if, if we were starting this ranking again in game week seven, I think he'd be near the top of the list. Yeah. Uh, as it is, um, he's got to go to the bottom just because I think through four through six, um, I'd prefer the other options. So that's where we are. It feels like feels like we should take a break on that note, Brandon. But let's let's do one more question. Okay. okay. Yeah. Uh, it's from Thomas Jones, he says. How much of an influence should we consider the return of European football for transfers this week and in the future? I I guess this is something that we talk about in terms of managing from a position of fear as opposed to uh, fear and negativity as opposed to optimism and positivity. That's been my stated goal, Josh, going into this season. Yeah. And. I think um, the benefit of Europe starting is, uh, well, you're fearless this year, Brandon. I love it. I am fearless. There's no great benefit of Europe starting. It's just going to make things a little, a little more difficult, but yeah, bad for Chelsea. I'd say if you, you know, I like Tuchel just rotated the hell out of everybody in that team last year, uh, what, you know, in the spring. And I think we'll start to see it again. And it's a little, worrisome and and yeah. you know yeah i i think i honestly this was a little bit worried with lukaku although now maybe it's less so because he's gotten pulled away from belgium i initially i was a little worried because i was like well if he's gonna play three matches for belgium and then they've got this kind of i don't want to say it's an easy match but a match they should win fairly handily right at home to villa without a couple of their key players um maybe they rest him this weekend and he it's kind of saving for the champions like at midweek. But I think the fact that he's been back for a week, you know, assuming that the thigh stuff is fine, he starts training on Tuesday or whatever. I just think that he's, he should be a you know great option this weekend. Definitely. And it's not like, uh, I think it's Ken early on the second captains with this hilarious phrase talking about Klopp. Uh, I was last season or two seasons ago, complaining about so many fixtures and, and he was scared of his Liverpool players uh, suffering from quote exposure to football, <laughs> yeah. and um, like just just as you were saying a moment ago, Josh, like we're a little too concerned about rotation. Like Chelsea, sure they want to do well in the Champions League because there's money at stake and there's glory at stake. They're Champions League title holders, but they also want to win the bloody Premier League. Yeah. So it's not like uh, the Premier League becomes some sort of like. Johnstone's paint trophy uh, competition for Chelsea. Of, yeah. of course not. The Johnstone's paint trophy. I like that. <laughs> yeah. John Stones is not getting any minutes for Manchester City, so he decided to go and start his own little cup competition. He's an entrepreneur, if anything else, Josh. <laughs> uh, but I, but um, I think if, if you surely with a team like Chelsea, think about where you're likely to see the most rotation. And it's going to be in the wingbacks, the fullbacks, and that's 
Yeah, I mean, Chelsea basically have one player or two players, two elite players for every position in that squad. But where you're going to see a lot of that rotation is in the wings. So if you want a piece of Chelsea in the Premier League or, or Man City, I'm thinking of specifically, look at the positions least likely to be rotated and that's the central defense so that's where rudiger and ruben diaz become terrific fantasy assets as you come into the european competition season that's where players like harry kane and lukaku and ronaldo really earn their keep for their price tag is they're consistent uh in points returning they're consistent in their starts and unfortunately that's why they're priced at that premium price tag. But, you know, I, I, I love that ability to rely on their minutes. Uh, Mason Mount is actually going back to our midfield rankings. Uh, he, he's, he's a midfielder that's uh, has, you know, he's kind of like the De Bruyne in terms of, uh, in terms of like keeping the attack humming for Chelsea. Mm-hmm. He's kind of like that great, um, link between whatever Conte and Kovacic are doing. So I feel like he is actually a player. Like maybe he can improve in the coming weeks in our rankings because of his consistency of minutes. But um, I think that's something I would focus on if I'm thinking about transfers and wild cards with European season is, is who are those premium players, whether it's in this, usually the central defense or in the number nine, where they're just always going to play. Yeah, I, I think if, and this is actually something to think about with the Champions League, but also with um, the international break, which is if you're wildcard right now and you've got a bunch of like rando punt type players on your team, right? like, like Levermento and Brandon Williams and I don't know, like some 4.5 million midfielder, like you're going to need those players probably as soon as game week four. So just be ready, be ready for that because we are certainly going to see some rotation. I, I think that trying to guess the rotation can, can really um, be a, a fool's errand and can actually get you in more trouble. Right. The trouble like, like this is like the thing that like people just get so mad about, like about, you know, Tuchel and, and Pep and how much they rotate. And it's like, you just have to like, let go of that. Like just accept that, they are going to do things that you don't expect and that you can't really game it. You can't, you can't logic your way to these moves because they're just like things like, you know, I remember uh, Klopp once talking about this and he was like, well, I don't, I don't typically know who's going to play the next match after the one that's right in front of me, you know, because after every match, you kind of have to assess everybody is, you know, how they're, how they're feeling, how they responded to the match, how they, how they played, you know? And so I think that you really do have to be, um, you know, you can sort of like, you can overthink this stuff a little bit too much. Mm-hmm, definitely. All right. On that note, Brandon, let's take a break and we'll get back. We're going to talk a little more about game week four in our next section. Brandon, I'm going to take a quick second to talk about Fantasy Football Hub. We mentioned them at the beginning of the pod. They are sponsoring a thousand pound prize for us this year. If you want to join the hub and you really should, you can join for free. You can join uh, as a paying member. You pick the option, Brandon. You go to fantasyfootballhub.co.uk slash always to do so. We did that on our website on the on the link that I just provided. Uh, that's I'll say it one more time, fantasyfootballhub.co.uk slash always. You get a 25% discount off the tier of your choice. So, hey, check it out for a month. See if it's worth it for you. You can access the greatest fantasy minds managing today. It is a, a who's who. Brandon of fantastic fantasy managers with incredible track records. And just, I mean, so that's, that's one thing like, like mm-hmm. having a good track record is, is one thing, but what they actually do and 
I can think of a number of people. I mean, Will himself, Will, uh, Will, who started the website, is fantastic. At you know, he's an incredible track record. Uh, was was well inside the top one thousand for most of last season, and just records great videos where he talks about his thought process and, and what he's thinking yeah. about doing this week. So, um, but you know, many many others who've talked about in this podcast, uh, Ben Crowlin and, and and many more. So you can you can get these videos. You can talk about strategy. It's very useful if you're on your wildcard right now. You can also access all of the data. And this mm-hmm. includes real Opta stats and these really easy to use player comparison tools, which I love. I love a player comparison tool. I don't even know what I'm doing half the time, but I just love to. <laughs> I love just digging in and and having some fun and trying to you know pretend that I know what I'm doing. That's There's always satisfying. one stat though, Josh, that jumps out at you when you're waffling between this this five million player and that five million player. Yeah. Pump, pop them into a comparison tool, and there's yeah. one stat like touches in the final third that you know, I always look for. I, something like that that is I, the difference maker. I literally did that before game week three and yeah. I compared uh, Cresswell and Sufal and I was like well I know that Cresswell is more expensive don't you should I fall into the trap of 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 opting for the more expensive player just because they're more expensive you know because mm-hmm. I knew it was going to be a kind of a short-term punt no matter what and I was like well let me just compare the two and see uh, how I feel about them and, and Cresswell came out ahead in the in the comparison mm-hmm. tool and so I was like all right let's go with Cresswell and so that was a four-point net gain you right so it's like four points here four four points there that's that can end up making a huge difference over the course of a season. So um, anyway, so you can find all that stuff on, on the hub uh, and uh, the private WhatsApp groups. They have an app, all kinds of cool stuff. So go to fansfootballhub.co.uk slash always to learn more and sign up. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, Brian, we're back. Game week four kicks off on Saturday. I'm so excited that it's it, w- once again we've got. And by the way, I, I keep forgetting it's a, it's a you know it's a holiday weekend here, so recording on Monday. We are very close to to Saturday. It's already it's just a yeah. few days away. My wife was like, uh, "Oh, it's the international break. Like, what are you and Josh going to talk about on the podcast?" And I'm like, "Well, like you may you may believe it's a break, but fantasy is like 
just just hours away and all intents and purposes like it's it's over before you know it like it seems like such a bummer when you enter an international break but just like in a moment it suddenly becomes a panic stations for what are you going to do for the game week (laughs) deadline the whole trick is to have a plan this is you know legoland became my my international break uh activity (laughs) um so game week four kicks off on saturday morning uh and just I have one last question here from the mailbag that I pulled over because it's it's a real relevant to my thinking um, a little bit for gaming four. Uh, it's from Ryan. He says, "Is DCL being overlooked amidst all the hype around Rom and Ron?" Now, I'm not necessarily looking at Dominic Coverloon as a captain option for game week four, but as a transfer option, I do feel like he's being a little overlooked right now. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I I think I talked through these moves with you on our Patreon pod on Thursday night, Josh, where I have exact money to turn Ivan Tony, Danny Ings, and Bruno Fernandez into Greenwood, uh, Greenwood, Lukaku, and DCL. And those those moves felt really good to me. The only thing uh, standing in my way is the minus four and thinking Ivan Tony, I can do Brighton at home for Brentford. Yeah, um, I don't really need DCL, but I just like I keep coming back to this idea because DCL looks so great. This fixture is really good yep. for Everton. It's a and Monday. It's always a little, kind of fun to have a player in the Monday 100%, match. 100%. Yeah. And the the toe injury just smacks of international break injury. And yeah, I mean, for, for those of you who are kind of new to FPL or the international break syndrome, there are always these injuries that pop up basically just to make these yeah. players lives easier like okay yeah. i'm not going to report for international duty because maybe yeah. i've got a wedding to attend or something all right what are we yeah. going to tell the media yeah oh, they, he knows he was only starting one of those matches max right yeah. and they, they called they called it bamford too so i was like yeah like just like do you want to travel to three different matches if you're going to be on the bench a lot particularly of the time? when you've okay and, and like to further like tinfoil hat this stuff it's like dcl has had a great start to the season yep. you know he's he's just cucking richarlison on the penalty spot for fun yep. uh it everton is his team right now and yep. i think that would be dcl's focus is to uh, continue to win the love and affection of Rafa Benitez and the the Everton fans, and that's his team, and that's basically his platform to get a transfer to uh, to a different club, and then he gets to take over for Harry Kane in the number nine of the England squad. It does feel like that's probably going to happen, right, at some yeah. point in the next uh, couple of years. So, um, yeah, so I, I like him a lot. He is, if I just go really easy and just and just decide, you know what, I'm gonna I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna go one more week without Ronaldo. Um, and again, I, a lot of this depends. I mean, for one thing, I need to see DCL on the pitch, right? Like training mm-hmm. with, with Everton mm-hmm. this week. Um, I also want to see what's what's going on with Bruno. If Bruno doesn't play, then I really see no reason why I don't just bring in Ronaldo. I'm just going to do it um, mm-hmm. because I might as well, I'm just going to get ahead of it. And I, and the, the question then would be whether I captain him or not because that, that gets into the other key factor here for game week four, which is who do you captain this week? And and now it feels like every option is a little is a little tricky uh, outside of maybe Mo Salah. Yeah, there's yeah. no clear answer, right? Because every yeah. every uh, captaincy option has a, a flag attached. Ronaldo, will he start? Lukaku is yeah. this thigh injury a situation? DCL, you know, we've theorized that the toe injury is not a thing. But hey, what sure. do we know? What do we actually yeah. know? Yeah, he's been uh, carrying it for a while. We know that. So <laughs> he scored three goals with it already. So you know, it's. Yeah. Okay. yeah. If I if I brought in Lukaku, I'm captaining him sure. for sure. And I 
I think that it, it feels like a good move on paper. It also feels like a fun move. Like you get you part of the fun of bringing in these awesome premium assets is you get to throw the armband on them and, and yeah. get that level of excitement. Now I feel like for me, bringing in Lukaku is an effort to spread more funds around the team. Like as I outlined my moves, like I feel like I'm not really giving up a ton in any of the positions in my team apart from missing Bruno. And that's more of a, of a a comfort blanket. If I, if I think maybe I'm going to wild card in game weeks five or six, I'd be more inclined to bring in Ronaldo and then sort out the Lukaku situation in a couple of weeks. But Lukaku feels like a better sort of long-term play uh, with you know, with this this classic idea, Josh, that you know, maybe if I bring in Lukaku and DCL, I may never have to wild card. I might have the perfect team. Now we know yeah. that's that's foolish logic. Yeah, I, I yeah, I mean, there's a temptation just to go Lukaku too, um, and and maybe maybe that is actually the the more logical. But maybe I should just I should just sort of get over the Ronaldo hype for a week. It's it's just tricky. I mean, you know, Bruno does not get benched a lot. He does not spend a lot of time on the bench in general. No, I always think yeah. of this West Ham match last season where Bruno started on the bench and Manchester United were listless and they went down a goal and it was just it was horrible and David Moyes was was having a laugh. Yep. Bruno immediately comes on after halftime. Uh, changes the shape of the game and Manchester United end up yep. winning and it just showed how you know, pre-Ronaldo, maybe, let's say, uh, it, like United just can't win without Bruno on the yeah. pitch, it seems. He's so, he's so important in everything they do. And so they just, you know, just, just to uh, explain what, what the latest is with Portugal, they play Azerbaijan in a World Cup qualifier. That matches tomorrow. So recording this on Monday afternoon, that matches at, um, well, I guess it's 12 p.m. our time. And so I'm not sure what time that is in Azerbaijan, but let's say it's... Uh, I, well, they're playing at ba- Baku Olympic Stadium, right? So that's uh, okay. What so, time? Google. What time is it? Yeah, in what Baku? time in Baku? Okay, so it is eleven forty-six. So they are eight hours ahead of us. So that match is on at eight p.m. on a Tuesday. But still, you would assume that once that match is over, he's flying straight back to England from there, right? So yep. the match will be done at ten. So by Wednesday, he should be at some point in that day on the pitch. With mm-hmm. the squad, one would imagine. And he was benched for the middle match at, this week. So well, let's see. Let's see where he is. If he plays Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday this week and trains all three days for Man United, I'm just going to keep Bruno for one more week and not have mm-hmm. Ronaldo. I just don't think I need to have Ronaldo for that match. And if, and if Bruno plays and trains all three, three of those days, I'm also going to captain him this weekend. So then if I had to predict, you would move Danny Ings to DCL and that would be your one yeah. free transfer for the game week. Yeah. I mean, cause I, you know, I have three, uh, Man United players, so it's not like I could move, you know, it's like I like just got so caught up in the Ronaldo thing that I just needed him badly. I couldn't even move like Sala to free up yeah. money for Ronaldo because, uh, I have three Man United players. I actually have to drop one because I've got Greenwood. Wow. Pray for the cheaters going into game week four. Neither of us having Ronaldo. I'm uh, genuinely like one injury away from wildcarding, by the way. Yeah, okay. If there's if there's like, yeah, I mean, seriously, because like if yeah. there's, you know, if, if Ings and like if somebody gets injured in the second national friendly, then I, I have my bench is terrible. So if I'm in a position where I'm burning four or burning eight to to put together a team, I'm just going to wild card. I mean, there's plenty of things I could fix right away. What I would like, I would like to wait though, because I, you know, for all the reasons I talked about before with Ben Rama, um, we didn't talk about wolves at all. I think wolves are a key. Wild, you know, we talked about them a little bit in last week's pod, but 
a key wildcard team, but I do want to see them play one more match. I want to see these guys score a goal before it's like, talk yeah. about like Raul Jimenez and, and all of these other players and Troy RA and even their defense. I'm like, win a game, score a goal. And then I can, and like, maybe I'm just being yeah. too results oriented. Maybe, it, maybe, maybe winning matches and scoring goals is just something I'm valuing too highly. I don't know, but you I would cannot, like to you cannot goal. minority report uh, yeah. FPL where everyone is believes like they're looking at, they're looking at all the Tom Cruise swiping computer schematics and they're like, yeah. Oh, well, yeah. Wolves are about to commit a crime Total. of scoring FPL yeah. points, so let's go arrest them right now. Total, total hipster move to be like the best team in the Premier League is Wolves right now. Like, I feel like it's like okay, come on. Uh, but I, I, I can, I can see some of the excitement if Wolves. You know, let, let me put it this way, Brandon. If Wolves, if I don't wild card this week and Wolves beat Watford eleven nil. I guarantee wow. I'm going to have at least one Wolves player in my wildcard team. So how about okay. that? That's right, bold right. words. That's really bold. That's a bold statement. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that's why you're, uh, you're a maverick. Champion pundit. That's why, that's why, that's why I'm a award-winning podcast, Brennan, for, <laughs> for takes like that. So as far as the matches themselves go, I, I don't, you know, we don't need to really go through everything here. Again, there's just so many variables right now. I think just, again, if, if safety is what you value and, and, and surety of starts, I don't think surety is a word, but let's say it is. Uh, I think that a surety, um, I feel sure of this player starting. Uh, I think that Mo Salah would be your pick. I think he is the safest captain pick this week. Now, you, okay, you snuck Wolves in there, and then I think that there's one more team looking at game week four that we really have yet to touch on, and that's Spurs. Spurs, who sure. are uh, top of the Premier League, I think it is. And yeah. Uh, they've got a great fixture, uh, away Crystal Palace, uh, mm-hmm. classic like Connor unsec- Gallagher's Crystal Palace. Connor Gallagher, it's Connor Gallagher's team now. Zaha who? <laughs> uh, but Harry Kane has been bandied around as a possible captaincy option, and I, I mean, I, I, I obviously that if if you have Harry Kane, like I, I just can't see given the huge upside, and you know we talked at the start of the podcast of of the danger or the just danger of buying into the hype, the justification of not playing into hype. However, I just don't see how you can justify going Kane, who has not really looked good since the season started. Now it could be the classic Kane August blues, but um, why would you go Kane over Ronaldo or Lukaku? Now you would do that to be different, um, which is not a bad thing, but I don't know. It, Kane, Kane and Reggaeon. It's 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 yeah. their season, Josh. It's, yeah. I'm a son. I mean, we probably have not talked enough about Spurs in general. I think you're right. And we kind of dismissed their defense in our game week three preview pod. Um, and we're just sort of like, I mean, their XG was, I mean, they conceded zero goals, but it was on four XG, right? Like yeah. they were, they were clearly um, a little bit lucky not to yeah. concede in those first two matches. They, you know, arguably a little bit better in the, although they had a goal line clearance didn't dire clear a ball off the, off the goal line, in like the first six minutes of their, of their game week, the Watford match. So yeah, I'm still not totally sure what to what to think about them. I think it's fine. There's something to me about like I just don't want to captain a player in the first match of the day after the international break. That just feels like uh that feels very unfun to me. But I don't so, know. So so difficult to predict. And then uh Spurs Spurs new central defender was all uh Romeo. Romero. What's it Romero? Romero. Uh, yeah. he he was Romeo. on the pitch during the whole yeah. Argentina Brazil uh kerfuffle. So it's like Right. That so Spurs, playing, it's, the Spurs defense is going to line up again with 
Davison Sanchez and Eric Dyer and um, Wildman Larice back there. So I, I don't know. I expect more of the same XG stats against Spurs, even though it's 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 Palace. Palace are home. We you know we we started this season talking about wow is the home pitch advantage back and a thing, and I think uh, the results are suggesting it is. So I think that that makes Spurs. That's uh, another point against Spurs going into game week four is Selhurst Park, just like a notoriously hard place to uh, go play uh, because the fans are um, involved. I guess yep. you should, you could say you've yep. got that bird flying around too. That Eagle. Ridiculous. Uh, yeah. Peck, peck somebody's <laughs> eye out. <laughs> All right. So that, okay. So, you know, very interesting game. There's a lot of fun matches. Um, I think that that Leeds Liverpool match should be really fun. I think Leicester Man City on Saturday should be fun too. If we're just talking about matches that I just want to watch from a, from an entertainment standpoint, I think a lot of the captain talk is going to have to wait until uh, our late in the week Patreon pod. So I'm going to transition now, Brandon, out of this week's pod. Thank you for listening. If you want a lot of wild card talk. The last podcast was basically dedicated to wildcarding. So go back, listen to or our, po- or our uh, decision to not wildcard. In that case, yeah, which is still <laughs> which is still true. It's not like that was you know, uh, but in our case, it wasn't. But I we, we certainly talk about wildcard options and players to consider if you are wildcarding. So uh, that we, we recorded that after game week three. So it's it's in the same international break window. We had Patreon pod last week, and we're going to record another one on Thursday evening. That will be Brandon. I I don't hesitate to say. Maybe the most important Patreon pod that we record all year. Combustible. I think yeah, that uh, that MP3 yeah. file mm-hmm. file will be uh, they handle that with, with those yeah, with those tongs, you know, like uh, <laughs> exactly like a big <laughs> petroleum rod. <laughs> yeah, it's like, do we bookend this pod with Simpsons references? I think that we did, Brandon. That's, uh, yeah, that's I, I like think that. that's 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 a Homeric uh, return return. Uh, Homer, Homer. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> that was, that, that was, that, that was the pod. Yeah. All right. So thank you for listening. If you want to support the pod, go to Patreon.com/slash Always Cheating. Uh, again, we'll do a bonus podcast this week and you can talk wild cards or transfers or captains and anything else on our Slack all week long. Uh, Brandon, do you want to do a quick thank you to our Patreon supporters? Our uh, producers, I should say. Yes. Big thanks to our producers who make it all possible. Mike DiPietro, Trevor Ingerson, Chris Howell, Andy Penn, Martin Savage, Brian T. The Big Gafford, Bobas Kuhn, Jeff Husby, Ben Grant, James Holland, Dave Wagner, Lodal, Nick Wright, Jim Payne, Brian Chin, Blair Jacobson, Travis West, Victor Forbrick, Skoging, Paul Herzig, Andy Portlock, Toothless Gibbon, Lindsey Rostel, Anton Markov, at FPL Merch, Kerry Swanson, Kieran Screeton, Francis Mann, Chris Carter, Blue Nose Stew, Mikey Uong, Bruce Kerr, Sam Shower, Rich Evans, Future Media Group FPL, Ben Sweeney, George Kinney, Shiv Morjaria, Ron Frosk, AJ, Fly You Fools, Jeremy Spiker, Lazaros Yanois, Jesse Halstead, Matthew Becker, Kellov Robbie, Todd Byerly, Alper Paxoy, Martin Ospeth, Lee Hickman, Valger Paulson Kruger, Jazz Binning, Francis Moore, and managed by Lasso. Josh, you ca- are you caught up on this season of Ted Lasso? I am one episode behind right now. Uh, I think I'm two episodes behind right now. That'll be a good, good Monday night activity for me. Yeah. Um, and if uh, Patreon is not your thing, you can always help the podcast by giving us a rating on Apple Podcasts. Uh, but just generally subscribe, rate, and review wherever it is you get podcasts. Follow us on social media. We're most active on Twitter at Health Cheaters. Josh, you've been posting more to our Instagram at Health Cheaters. Yeah. Uh, you should do us, the same. 
I should listen. <laughs> I got to go out there in the streets now that I'm I'm back mm-hmm. in New York City. I could go yeah. out there and find content right on yeah. my doorstep. Just put, your, put your street team on it. You know they can take care of it. <laughs> yes. There you go. <laughs> All this information is at our website, alwayscheating.com, along with that online shop with their fantastic T-shirts that you mentioned right at the top of the pod, Josh. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Good luck if you're on a wild card. We'll be back on Thursday with the podcast for Patreon supporters. And have a great week, everybody. Bye. Poku forever. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.